0: Good evening, Lowell, Massachusetts. And now, presenting a joint production of For the Pops and the NAI Network. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. A verbal history of chaotic wrestling by the two men who were there from the beginning. Hall of Fame ring announcer and commentator, Rich Palladino. He is the current
1: reigning and defending chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion.
0: Former owner of Chaotic Wrestling for nearly two decades, Jamie Jamakowski.
2: No blood, no cursing, stay off the barriers.
0: It's time to Let the Chaos Begin on the NAI
1: Pop Network. Welcome to the Let the Chaos Begin podcast, episode three. My name is Rich Palladino, longtime. Independent wrestling ring announcer, A.K.A. the voice of chaotic wrestling, and alongside me is the former owner for some seventeen years of my eighteen at chaotic wrestling, the one and only Mr. Jamie J. Makowski.
2: That's right, Rich, and you are don't don't downplay your role. You are a three-time Hall of Famer, <laughs> yes. as we covered last time. Right? We did.
1: I think we can't, we we talked about that on for the, for the, pops, the pops on our yes. sister
2: podcast. Or a brother podcast, since it's me and Scotty Slade on that one. But yeah, you're a three-time Hall of Famer. And here you are on Let the Chaos Begin for Episode 3.
1: Episode 3. We made it. We made it to 3. People are listening. We're getting some good feedback. Really appreciate that, of course. Make sure you're on the Let the Chaos Begin um, page on Facebook. Of course, the For the Pops website. We want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your ideas, your suggestions. And tonight, Jamie, I don't think anybody has sent this suggestion in. This was a little brainstorming uh, okay. between you and I. Yes. But we are going to talk about the chaotic wrestling management going back to okay. 2000. All right. And then we'll, by the time we get done, we'll get to where we are today. But I thought that would be an interesting topic. All right. Because. Um,
2: we'll go for this. I'm going to try not to get heated this time.
1: Don't get all you, heated. You and, up.
2: you and Slade on the Four of the Pops, you guys got me heated. Last time, you got me all wound up about something.
1: Oh, and by the way, my wife loved the autographed picture you gave me
2: of yourself. That, that's right.
1: And the lingerie no, models, We don't of have course. guests
2: on this show, but no. on the For the Pops, uh, the For the Pops quiz winners, yes. or, or our For the Pops guests, they get one of the limited edition... Uh, Jamie Jamakowski eight by tens. Yes, I just have so, to get
1: a frame. So I can't.
2: I can't wait for to see that in the on the wall of fame in the Paladino household.
1: And because before we get into the topic, I think the first thing you and I were talking about when we started talking about doing this podcast was how soon it was going to be before my wife kicks me out of the house because of all the wrestling bookings I have. Right now, we're incorporating a whole lot of podcasting. And uh, so let's see if I don't have a place to
2: live. There's a nice
1: sofa out there in the hall.
2: That's right. You can move right in here. You can move into the For the Pop Studios. We'll, we'll make a little. We'll make a little nook for you.
1: Fair enough. But let's get into it. All so right. Let's, let's do go this. back to September of 2000, which is when I was first asked to join Chaotic Wrestling. Of yes. course, I missed that first show at Local Bazooka because I had Pat's tickets, and I didn't know what the hell a Chaotic Wrestling was. Why don't we go into those days, and why don't you lay lay the foundation for how this all started?
2: All right. So originally, there were actually four owners of Chaotic Wrestling. Actually, there was originally one owner of Chaotic World Wrestling, and that was the fellow. I think his first name was Tom. That we bought it from C W W. That's right, C W W. They were a they were a world wrestling company that never left Rhode Island. Okay. So when we took it over, once we bought it. We uh, we dropped the world, and we became Chaotic Wrestling. Uh, what happened was there were four owners, and originally we paid $500 a piece for 25% of the company, and we paid it to this fellow named Tom, and for that we got the name, the ring bell, a stretcher. A stretcher just in case. And his spiral notebook of his wrestling knowledge and contracts.
1: And it was only the one contact. St- excuse me. Wo- one spiral
2: notebook full of that. Did one. S- it wasn't even full. Okay. Um, we saved if it was a if it was a fifty page spiral. Um, we had about thirty eight pages of scrap paper. Okay. Which was good, but we had a stretcher. Okay. So, and we had a, we had a bell. Yeah. So I would say that was that was the first brilliant business investment we made. Right. As Chaotic Wrestling owners, and like I said, there were four of us. There was Randy Miller, uh, myself, Milo Masterson. And another fellow, everybody who's been around Chaotic, you're either guessing Ben or Adult as the fourth owner. The actual original fourth owner was a fellow named Matt Young. And the reason we all knew each other was we all kind of grew up together. Milo is actually my best friend. He was my best friend growing up. He was my best man when I got married. So I was actually living on the West Coast um, at the time. I got a job offer back in Massachusetts. I moved back here. And I really didn't know anybody. So, you know, Milo still lived around here. But then Randy, Matt, and there was another fellow named John Irving. I kind of all knew them from high school way back when. And they were all wrestling fans. So it all started that we all used to get together at Randy's house for all the pay-per-views. And that's how we all kind of got back into friendship. And I was living in Woburn at the time. Randy lived in Burlington. Our houses were like seven minutes away from each other. Mm -hmm. So we'd watch Raw together, and that's just kind of how it all started. Mm -hmm. Then one day, Randy approached me and said, approached Milo and I, and said, hey, we should buy this independent wrestling company. And I've told the story before how I've never knew what independent wrestling was. I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure the first independent wrestling show I ever went to was one that I had owned. (laughs) Um, We might have gone to one Get this chaotic world wrestling down there. And was there some kid named Vertebreaker?
1: Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I can't remember his real name, but yeah, I worked with him several times in the state of Rhode
2: Island. Yeah. That night, Vertebreaker and Ali Muhammad put a hole in the wall. Okay. Of the bar they were wrestling in in Rhode Island. But but be that as it may, those were the original four owners.
1: Got it. Got it. And um, Matt Young, no relation to Evan Young.
2: No, no relation to that up and coming chaotic wrestling superstar back in you know two thousand seven or eight,
1: maybe even before that, because before that, that that was one I just dropped Evan on young. Jamie as we were talking before going on the air here was Ilya Markopoulos when he debuted as just a young student from the former chaotic training center. Uh, he debuted as Evan Young and wrestled a few shows as Evan Young because. Well, his real name is Evan, and, well, he was young at the time because he was about 14 years old, and he won the New
2: England title when he was 15, I believe. We were so clever with names. Som- someday, I'm really hoping we can get Todd Sinclair in here for a few episodes because there- there's a couple of eras I want him to talk about, but also, he was also in charge of naming people for the longest time. He sure was. So everybody from, you know, Psycho to Tommy Penmanship— those are all Todd Sinclair to Kofi Kingston. Mm. Those are all Todd Sinclair creations. So we, we gotta get Todd in here. But he also came up with Evan Young. <laughs> back on track. All right. So, so yeah. So, so but come... now Rich, originally, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. the the person everybody dealt with originally back in the day was not me. It was actually Randy Miller.
1: Yes. And you did not clench your fist that time. So um when I joined in two thousand I was under the assumption that, and I probably said it on commentary, that Randy Miller was the president of the company. I mean, you were there, but at the very beginning, I worked very closely with Randy to the point where he and his girlfriend at the time, and me and my wife, would go out on a Saturday night and go to a bar and hear some music. Actually, we did that. We went to some bars in Worcester to to listen to local bands, so we could try and get like authentic, non what do you say? Music that's not licensed, sure, sure. You know, to for entrance music and stuff like that. So I was very close with Randy. We used to have meetings together, talk about ideas and things like that. So to me, it was like Randy Miller's chaotic wrestling, but knowing that the rest of you guys were part of the team. Of course,
2: didn't you help Randy pick our initial talent roster?
1: I didn't. I helped,
2: let's say, supplement the talent roster.
1: So I had not picked the original members, contracted members of Chaotic Wrestling. I always thought you did. No, because a little after that was when I would start chiming in. Like, I brought Mike Crockett to the fold. We needed a referee. I suggested Michael
2: Crockett. You are the one who brought Michael. You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. That's awesome.
1: But I also, guys like Louis Ortiz, Slick Wagner Brown, guys that I had worked with independently before Chaotic, I would chime in with stuff like that. And then... I would also go to other independent shows. I remember going to one with Milo. It was at Good Times in Somerville, and we'll just leave it at that. I was with Milo. You might have been. No, there?
2: I never. No, I never went to another it show. It might have been myself,
1: ben. Milo, and Ben. Would have been Ben. And that was when I had just started working with John Walters outside of chaotic okay and that was when i remember the three of us just looked and said oh yeah we need this guy and then i all of a sudden got the dirty reputation of being a talent stealer because i was drinking the chaotic kool-aid at the time right and all of a sudden i was no longer rich paladino i was snitch paladino
2: oh, i like that yeah so oh, that we should was get a t-shirt for that now too the
1: uh what was the, the message board the new england informer
2: Oh, that's the, right.
1: Yeah, and everybody hated us on there, and all right. of a sudden I just became Snitch Paladino, and I would go to other shows, and I would apparently just wave your money around oh, good. and just steal talent. So irregardless yeah, of that. So I did not pick the original members, but I did
2: help supplement the roster. Because, yeah, you were really tied into Randy, and when we started Chaotic Wrestling, Randy Miller was going to be the Vince McMahon of Chaotic Wrestling, and I now mean that in every sense of the word. Um, He was going to run the company, he was going to choose our direction, he was the one who pumped a lot of personal money into the company Mm. uh, at the beginning, and Randy controlled the company, you are correct, his title was President of Chaotic Wrestling, and despite the fact that there were... Four partners and for a little while three partners and back up to four partners. Um, Randy made no secret about the fact that he was the one in charge and he was running chaotic wrestling. this was this was his dream to run a, a wrestling company and, and be somebody in the wrestling industry. Yeah um, you know we talked about Matt Young, one of the original four. Uh, he was actually I still don't know how this happened. he was let go as an owner right after the local Loco Bazooka show. Oh. Now, Loco Bazooka, that was this huge outdoor concert venue, mm-hmm. concert, in Worcester, in like yes. the Worcester Hills.
1: Yeah, it was like at a park or a baseball park or something. There were a ton of bands playing, and the ring was set up there. Because right. that was the opening of our old TV Correct. show. Yeah, was a lot of scenes from there because you had tons of fans, which you didn't have at New England Independent Wrestling at the time.
2: And if anybody knows me, listens to me on any of these podcasts, you know... I, I'm not a loco bazooka kind of fella. <laughs> uh, you know, if there was a Spice Girls reunion that that weekend at the uh, Garden, I'd probably go to that concert. I'm not a heavy metal, no. weed-smoking, no. be- beard...
1: Piercings beard pier- no. tattoos. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. Not no, no. at all. No.
2: Um, but but then I'm at this 15-hour this festival for it as our very first show. <laughs> and... We had purchased uh, like 2,000, remember the old Let the Chaos Begin t-shirts? I still have one. God bless Um, (laughs) you. A lot went into the first show, and Randy felt that Matt Young didn't pull his weight that first night. So literally he said that I don't think we should have him as an owner. So we had been in business for about a month, and if I remember correctly, the company bought Matt out for $1,000. So I can honestly say that for the first five years of chaotic wrestling, Matt Young was the only owner to make any money <laughs> off of this company. Wow. Because he bought in for five hundred and within six weeks he was bought out for a thousand.
1: Right. So he so, he netted five hundred bucks for himself
2: I, I for one show. I don't exactly know how we doubled the value of a worthless company at the time right. in six weeks, but we did. So
1: let's let's just go off topic for one second. Correct me if I'm wrong, but yes. there was a chaotic world wrestling event. That was held in somebody's backyard.
2: That was a chaotic wrestling event. We had purchased the company. I thought we'd... Yes, we had purchased the company at that point.
1: Okay, so I must have joined at show three, then not show two, because I missed this, because I heard it was a birthday party...
2: For Randy Miller.
1: For Randy Miller, in his backyard. Oh my God, I forgot about this. And that Tony Atlas was there, and on the show, and the entranceway was walking out of a bulkhead. Oh, this was amazing. Uh, I I forgot all about this. I remember being at Randy's house from one of the early said meetings mm-hmm. where he and I would just sit down and bounce ideas off each other. Yep, right in that backyard, Tony Atlas once wrestled.
2: So I also remember that was also when we thought it was a birthday party, and Randy <laughs> wanted to have—we just bought a company. We were going to have wrestlers at the birthday party, and he hired Tony Atlas to be there. Mm-hmm. And Tony Atlas's his famous quote that day was— I love this company because they gave me sandwiches because <laughs> we had sandwiches for them. And and oh, my God. But yeah, so Milo was on commentary. I actually was doing the ring announcing, I think, from the DJ table. And the best part of it was because it was so quiet because there was nobody because it was a birthday party. Mm. Remember the movie Mission Impossible, the first one? Mm-hmm. We played a little music bed. Of one song over and over again for two hours. Oh my god. That night. And now here's a story that nobody knows. Uh Randy Miller wanted to work a match against me on that show for his birthday. Oh my. Up until two days before now, I have never been in a wrestling ring. Um you know, to this day, certain people tell you I still don't know anything about wrestling or wrestling holds. I would argue I may have picked up a few things through <laughs> osmosis of sitting in the CTC for the better part of a decade. Sure. But I've never been a wrestler. I've never pur- purported to be a wrestler. And Randy wanted to work an eight-minute match with me. Oh. And I don't know who got in his head at the last minute, whether it was Milo, whether it was the aforementioned John Irving or Matt Young. One of them said to him, this is a really bad idea. mm mm-hmm. And I've never been so thankful of that one thing that no footage exists <laughs> of me trying to wrestle a match, uh, an untrained match against Randy Miller. But I forgot about that. That yeah, Tony Tony Atlas coming out of the bulkhead yeah, of Randy Miller's basement.
1: That was the legend I heard of. So that was the official debut of the newly oh, newly yeah. owned. We we instead of. Getting the F out, we, we dropped the W out. That's we, right. We got, we got the, the W, w out. out. So Chaotic World Wrestling became Chaotic Wrestling. So had to be sometime, what, summer of 2000 when this happened in the yep. backyard? Um, and then...
2: Yeah, you're right. It was summertime.
1: Had to be. Yeah. Because then the first show, Local Bazooka, was early September. Because then I came on board whenever that first show was in Wilmington. I don't remember if that was September or October
2: October of 2000. So October yeah. 13th.
1: Okay. So, yeah. So it was... Uh, so I joined... At Day three, I guess. Right. Well, that's okay. But then again, who the hell else? I mean, who was there for wrestlers in the backyard besides Tony Atlas? Uh,
2: I I believe Vertebreaker was there. Okay. There was some kid named Mayhem who allegedly trained at Kowalski's. But after I talked to Dukes and Mike Hollow, after we kind of merged and worked with Kowalski's, they had never heard of him before. There was another kid named Justin Tense. Mm-hmm. And he was a young kid. He would come to all these shows with his father. And I remember that day there was a meeting in Randy's kitchen with his father saying that his father wanted to invest in the company. He wanted to buy all these new belts and do this and that. But he wanted like 40% of the company. Oh, my. And Randy and I said, no, we didn't want to bring in somebody new at that point. Why would we want money? That would have been silly. Ridiculous. Why, why would we take in money? Exactly. I'm trying to think who else was there. Oh, I don't remember. There was, there was maybe a... A kid crazy or a crazy kid class? Who knows? Well, I, a bunch I, I, of, uh, I mean, I literally know kid crazy. I don't think that was him. Okay, I may have made that up. Okay, it was literally a bunch of backyarders. Okay, because we it were was in, in a backyard in a backyard with Tony Alice. Okay, yeah.
1: So I guess our humble beginnings were very, very, very humble. I had
2: literally forgotten about that until you just brought that up today, Rich. Yep, that there was that there was a backyard chaotic wrestling that's, show.
1: That's why I'm here. So now we talked of Matt Young.
2: Lasted the local bazooka show. Didn't perform
1: his uh, responsibilities to uh, complete fruition. So he's kicked to the curb. Uh, We mentioned John Irving. So for all intents and purposes, we've got President Randy Miller. Yes. Yourself. Milo Masterson.
2: And then Milo and I brought Ben in. I had worked with Ben previously. And somewhere in the midst of all this, we decided this was going to be a business. To quote Randy Miller, we were going to be the next ECW. Oh. We were going to be the number three company within five years. Um, that, that is a literal quote that came out of his mouth at a show in North Andover once we would kind of solidified our roster, that we were going to be the number three company mm. in the country. We were going to be the next ECW. And we realized we needed another business guy. We needed a planner. We needed somebody who could figure out what the corporate goals were going to be and all that stuff. And I'd worked with Ben Lentini before, and that's what he did. Mm -hmm. So Milo and I approached Ben, and we brought him on board as an owner. He was a minority owner, meaning that what he did was he did all this work for us, and we gave him a piece of the company. And it was a smaller piece than some of the rest of us had, the three people who founded it. Sure. Over time, those ownership percentages shifted and changed depending on work and money and all of that stuff. So that's when we brought Ben on board, and that's when you start to see Chaotic Wrestling start to hit its stride. Mm-hmm. Um, ben was the one who brought up, we need a school. Um, we used to have these meetings, and Ben would say, okay, if our goal is to be the number three company, what do we need? And all Ben ever did, and Ben, from the day he brought this up to the day I left Chaotic Wrestling, he put one thought in my mind, and I never, I never went away from that. Let's look at what WWE is doing. And try to do a, as much of that as we possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because they're the ones who can support us. They're the ones who can kill us. If we have a relationship with them, we'll be fine forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what Brent, Ben brought to the table. And, and I stuck with that till literally my last day in the company. Is what would WWE do? What would WWE want? Right. Ben was the one who got us our very first meeting with WWE. And I know, Rich, you were here. That got us a lot of heat with other promoters in New England. How did we get a quote-unquote unwritten deal Mm -hmm. with WWE? How did we lock down WWE for a decade? And how did you do that, Jamie? You know what? We called and we asked. (laughs) That's all. People ask how we became the biggest, most successful company in New England. It's because we decided to compete. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you right now, every time we would meet, the four of us, we had a big poster board that had the names of four other promotions on there. And when we would knock them out of business, we'd cross them off the list. (laughs) And one managed to survive through the entire thing, if you call, running one show every nine months or so, surviving. New England Championship Wrestling, NECW. But all the rest of them were gone, Yep, you know, thanks to us.
1: Yeah, and it it was like a a very slow domino effect. But there were a lot of – I've always said that after Tony Rumble – passed away yep. in 1999 everybody decided to become a promoter and that's no knock on chaotic or anybody else but i could go through all my index cards of all my shows that i've done <laughs> i think i started doing the cards a few years after i started so there's um but i have like 20 years of index cards but there were so many one-offs oh right. hey i'm starting a company i'm starting a company oh we're going to start a company The difference between the guys that were starting companies in New England and Chaotic Wrestling was the fact that the guys that were running Chaotic Wrestling were not workers. They were not wrestlers with these big ideas of, hey, you know, my uncle Tony, uh, you know, he manages the Elk, so we can run a show there right. every couple of months. And I'm gonna be the booker and therefore I'm gonna be the champion. It wasn't like that at all. It was more for businessmen. I mean when you talk about a planner, I defy anybody yep. listening to this to say, yeah, when we started our company, we know we needed somebody that was good at planning right. To, right. to be a part of our staff. No, it was like we need a high flyer, we need this, we need mm-hmm. that. Um, so I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but that to me was the biggest difference. That's what I've always told people. Who are these guys running chaotic? People would ask me, and I'd be like, "They're not workers. Right? They're four businessmen."
2: And we, we had we had we each had our little we each had our little roles. We each had our roles. Ben was our planner. Ben was our big picture guy. I was the corporate operational guy. Mm-hmm. I was to some extent to some extent the money guy, but not really at this stage. Um, Randy was the guy in charge, and Milo was really the, the do-everything mm-hmm. guy. He was the guy who could do everything from, he was your co-commentator. Yep. Um, he would help with production. He would do some of the corporate stuff with us. Uh, Milo was the one who got us things like um, bank accounts, merchant processing. All So we each had the little things that we would do, and you hit the nail on the head that – the original intent was we wanted to be a corporation. We wanted to be a wrestling company that was successful.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: When we hit our first big stumbling block is when one of the owners decided that, no, he did want to fall into that role you just talked about, mm-hmm. that he didn't just want to be a business guy running a successful wrestling company anymore. He wanted to be part of the show.
1: Which we referenced uh, when we talked about Cold Fury. Cold that was Fury, the, yeah. The, the planting of the seeds right there. Um, and you made me think back to those days because here we were coming off this highly successful Cold Fury 1. Luis Ortiz finally getting his shot at the championship, wins the title from Ronnie Delicious. What do we do on the next show? We turn right. Louis heel and a faction called The Offices now.
2: Before that, though, Rich, the company almost closed one night after a show in Revere. And I'll tell the details of that whole story after we take a quick break. You are listening to Let the Chaos Begin right here on the NAI Pop Network.
0: Are you a wrestling fan, but you've always wanted to get in the ring? Do you want to follow in the footsteps of superstars like Donovan Dijak and Flip Gordon? Then check out the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. At the NEPWA, you can live your wrestling dreams and train the best pro wrestling school in the Northeast. Check out neprowrestling.com for information on joining and about their upcoming fantasy camp. It's NEProwrestling.com. Start your pro wrestling dreams today. My name is Jason Malton. I am Liam Strager, And I'm Bill Neville. And live every Wednesday night on NewAgeInsiders.com and the Mixler app, we're taking topics and thousands of fan perspectives and bringing them to your airwaves.
3: And don't forget, we'll be live and taking your calls before and after every single WWE pay-per-view that we do not attend. But wait, there's more. You can also subscribe to our Patreon page by visiting Patreon.com and searching for New Age Insiders. And with plans starting
0: at just $2 a month, there's an affordable option for everyone. Monday Rewards, Tuesday Rewards, Exclusive pay Pay per view rewards, exclusive shows. Why wouldn't you become a Patreon? And we will see you Wednesday night at eight o'clock. We out.
2: Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't go. Please don't And we are back with "Let the Chaos Begin" right here on the NAI Pop Network. And Rich, I wanted to tell the story about the company almost closing back in Revere, Massachusetts, and this was so early on that nobody even remembers or really knows this story because we did a show at the old Wonderland... Wonderland Dog Track. Wonderland Dog Track. And if you remember, do you remember that was a second-floor venue when we used to have to bring the ring up the escalators? Yep. Okay? And at the time, we rented the ring from Ali Muhammad. Anthony Rufo. So, story goes, something happens that night between Anthony and Randy where I want to say there was a disagreement over price of the ring rental. Anthony decides that, fine, then his crew, all we did was rent the ring. We didn't pay for the ring crew. Mm -hmm. So him and his guys weren't going to help us move anything. Mm. So we all start to break down. Now, flash forward 18 years. (laughs) You know, 2018, Jamie looks at this and says, okay, well, you're doing this now after the show. My show's over. Your ring's sitting up there? Mm. Fine. Don't unpack it. I'm going home. F you, if you know that that would have been the smart thing to do. Sure. Well, what happened that night was Randy wanted to go off and hang out with the boys after the show. He wanted to be one of the boys at that point. We- oh, I remember why we take the ring because it's part of the story. When he left, didn't say goodbye, just up and left with some of the with some of the boys to go party. He took the U-Haul keys with him. I'm enraged, Milo's enraged, Ben is upset. Me Now, meanwhile, I've got Ali, uh, Anthony on the same thing saying, well, you guys have to bring the ring down yourself. Mm-hmm. So we're busting the ring. I get so pissed, I go find Randy. Mm-hmm. So I take off from Revere to Burlington to go get the keys from Randy. Oh, man. Not realizing that I've now left Milo and Ben behind mm-hmm. to do the entire ring crew themselves. Right. I get there, I get the keys, I go back. Now, I'm furious with Randy. Ben and Milo were pissed at me Mm -hmm. because, in theory, I could have stayed and helped load the truck. Then we go get the keys later. But I was – so I remember the next day, it all almost went (sighs) – company literally almost closed the next morning because everybody was pissed.
1: That had to be 2001, right?
2: Yeah, very early on. Yeah. But we were – that was – everybody was furious with each other. Like I said, that almost ended it. Right there, for whatever reason, we hung on. Um, and that, that, those were the seeds that started to, to grow in the ownership group that we were starting to have a challenge. Uh, do you remember the famous Upton, uh, not Upton, North yeah. Adams show, Rich? Oh, yes, I do.
1: Yes, I, um, well, I don't know what you want me to. Uh, Reference. I remember Aaron Stevens. I remember Aaron Stevens coming to the ring on a John Deere tractor.
2: Yep, it was a paid show.
1: It was a paid we were show. Paid to be there, we all stayed in a hotel. Not all of us. Most of us. I did. Hmm. Arch, John Balters, Vince ViCallo, Randy Miller, Randy Miller. So let's. Are we going to get into North Adams now? Sure. sure.
2: Okay. Because I'm planting the seeds of what happened uh, to get where we were. So we do this 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 show in North Adams, paid show. Crowd was okay, not huge. Right. And a lot of people out there are like this would be our version of a house show. Mm-hmm. We're three hours away from anywhere mm-hmm. where we're running shows and you know, we had some fun, like you said, Aaron on a tractor.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that night, I guess a bunch of you went out. Yes. The next day was Mother's Day.
1: I was just going to say it. It was either the next day was either Easter or Mother's Day because I remember driving home hungover Sunday morning. Correct. And just being like, oh
2: no. So. Yep. You all drove home hungover. Meanwhile, there was Milo, me, my uncle, who I happened to be seeing that day, mm-hmm. and the Mighty Minnie were the only four people back at the CTC the next morning
1: putting the ring back to together. To put the ring
2: back together yikes and now all of a sudden this is strike two right with the ownership group right um you know ben i don't know where ben was but it was me milo steve and Minnie doing doing a ring crew now i'll tell everybody that was we're talking 15 years ago ish right Mm. 15 16 years ago yeah i was younger a four-person ring crew is possible Sure. It's just a pain in the ass. And those yep. those original rings, remember the orange barriers, Rich? Ugh, yes, I do. You know, the most miserable things on the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. I think if you call anybody, John Walters, Arch Kincaid, Mike Studd, a Handsome, Psycho, Tommaso, and say to any of them, hey, do you remember the old chaotic orange banners? Oh. Every single one of us, Logan, Chase, will well, all be like, oh, Jesus, barriers. I hate those things. The barriers. Those, yeah, the barriers. <laughs> like two guys would have to carry one barrier. Yeah. They were so damn heavy. Yeah. So four of us have to do this. We're trying to reach Randy. Can't find him. Can't find him. Can't find him. Well, now I get a call later on Mother's Day from Milo that he finally talked to Randy, and he basically told Randy, you ever effing do that again? Not I'm quitting. I'll, I'll punch you. Oh, my. Yeah, it was getting bad at this point. Wow. Because, again, we're on this track of now Randy wants to be one of the boys. He wants mm-hmm. to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. And he's our booker. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the scenario you were talking about, Rich. (sighs) Then there was the booking sheet before the Methuen show. Uh, Our tag team champions at the time, I believe, were 12-pack.
1: Vince ViCalo and Hurricane
2: John Walters. So those are our tag team champions. And we used to get the booking sheet earlier in the day or the day before. Mm -hmm. And I remember we got emailed a booking sheet, and they were going to lose... It was a random tag match, like an opener that night. They were going to lose the tag team titles that night to another tag team. And, Rich, I'm going to give you three guesses. I'm going to back away from my tickets up water. You get three guesses. You got to go back to, like, (sighs) 2002, and tell me who were the guys who were going to beat 12-pack. Wow.
1: So this is probably 2002. This is pre-attrition, so it's not attrition. Let's see, it wasn't Brian Black and Minnie at that time. Uh, I'm way I'm way off. Yeah. I can't even remember who we had for
2: tag teams back Skunk then. Skunk O'Malley and Grubb. Oh my. S- you know what? If you put a gun to my head. Exactly. Skunk O'Malley and Grub were gonna beat them for the tag team championships. That's- and Ben Lentini calls me and goes, What the hell was this? I go, I have no idea. I call Randy, and Randy gives me this whole song and dance about, no, see, so you don't understand. See, it's called you. We're going to mule the belts over to them. They're, they're going to beat them. They're going to mule them over. And I'm like, mule them to who? They were going to get moved over to Gino Martino and Anthony Rufo, Ali Muhammad, with Randy as their manager. They were going to be Miller's killers. There are famous pictures of that were taken at the CTC before any of this happened of Ali... Gino, and Randy with the tag belts so we could have the promo pics of Millis Killis.
1: I've been here 18 years. I didn't... I'd heard that.
2: And Ben put his foot down. Oh, before this, Jesus! I left out a huge part of the story. We talked about the Boston Harley-Davidson, which we might do a special uh, special on that. Certainly, we should. Boston Brawler. Who, he got us a significant dollar amount from Boston Harley-Davidson. Absolutely. Brawler had a stroke. Yes. When he had his stroke... He and Randy had spoken. Something happened where Randy got pissed at the brawler and fired him from chaotic wrestling. Now, at this time, he was one of the assistant trainers at the CTC. Yeah. It was him, Dukes, and Hollow. Mm -hmm. Randy fires him. Brawler, who has a serious medical condition. I remember my wife and I went and visited him in the hospital, And, and he just wasn't there. Something was wrong in his head. Yeah. He called and yelled at Randy and threatened to bash his head in with a hammer. Sounds about right. Yeah, Randy fires him. Mm. We immediately lose. I think and I want to say the number sticks in my head. I think it was twelve thousand dollars. We lost a twelve thousand dollar sponsorship from Boston Harley Davidson because Brawler was one that brought him to the table, and Randy got oh. into a fight with Brawler oh my. when Brawler's in a hotel room, just having had a stroke.
1: Yeah, because I remember visiting him in the hospital, and he was definitely not. Right. right. It was just like this— Cheryl and I went, yeah. Milo and I went. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I went with a few of the boys, I remember. hmm I might have been with Walters of Vicallo or something at the time, because those were kind of like my running mates at the time. I don't remember who I went with, but I remember going into Boston and looking at Jerry Bowser, the Boston brawler, and he was just— Yeah. You know, because he was such a big, strong, strapping, like, pro wrestler and, and Did- the Sarge of our school. Yeah.
2: To, to get a, to get an image, he looked like a local Steve Austin. He had that look to himself. Yeah, kind bald, of big, bald, mustache jacked up guy,
1: very jacked up. Would come to the ring on on a motorcycle. Yep, you know, with the Boston Babe in tow, and um, it just it, it was just the the last thing you would ever expect of somebody,
2: right? Like that, but um. So so now all of a sudden we have a pattern developing. Somewhere in the middle of all this, I'm I'm piecing together the story. Randy Miller quit his full time job. As a pharmaceutical rep mm-hmm. to do this full time. So the pushback we kept getting was, I quit my job for this, I quit my job for this. Ben Milo and I are looking at each other like, well, we didn't. So right. don't blame us for your choices. Right. Um, but now we have a pattern for me. Now that booking sheet hits us, and it's skunk and grub are gonna beat 12 pack. And it made no sense. Mm-hmm. Um You know, for lack of a better phrase, it would have been like um, enhancement talent beating the Hardy Boys on Raw one night. Mm. That would have been the level that we're we're talking about. So I called Randy. I'm like, you can't do this. He's like, well, no, I have been. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Ben, Milo, and I have spoken. You can't do this. Right. You need to keep the belts on them. So we show up in Methuen that night, and I will never forget. Randy Miller walks in late, um, kind of comes strolling in, and people starting to ask, where are the booking sheets? Where are the booking sheets? He, he had had a few to drink. You, it was obvious he had had a few before the show. Mm-hmm. Throws down the booking sheets and says, here you go, and walks away. So, all right, we're going to run a show. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, I forget who approached him. I want to say we had Ben do it. Ben called Randy and said, hey, look, I think we all should have a bigger voice in booking. We shall have more of a role and all that. Mm-hmm. And so things calmed down a little bit. And like I said, Randy and I lived about seven minutes from each other. And he called me one night and he's like, hey, do you want to come over? And this was normal. Hey, do you want to come over for a barbecue? Mm. Great. So I went over. We have steaks. We have a great dinner. We have some beers. We smoke a cigar. All of a sudden he turns to me and says – So you think you can book better than I can? And I said, excuse me? He goes, oh, yeah, I know what you've been doing. And I go, what are you talking about? Well, now we start to get into detail of things that happened. Um, Everything from we signed April Hunter to a contract. Mm -hmm. And the way we got her signed was I utilized Undercover, my old company, Mm -hmm. to appeal to April to get her on board. Um, I had put some money into the company. As a result, I said I wanted a title and I named myself CEO. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Yes, I purposely gave myself a bigger title sure. than Randy did. Um, I brought Ben in. I brought Milo in. Um, we've actually left out an owner in all of this. I don't. Steve, Steve Kalman was an owner. Oh, wow. Steve Kalman at one time sure. was a fifth owner. That's my aforementioned uncle. Mm-hmm. I got a loan, a quote unquote loan for the company from my family. So, yes. I positioned it so that I had my allies in the company. So when this happened, I was able to say to Randy, look, we all agree we need a change. Mm. And the change is you need to step back. Mm -hmm. Um, Randy proceeded to yell at me for a good 20 minutes, Mm. 25 minutes, after which point I said, you know what? I'm done. Um, If you want to talk about this in group, great. And I believe that was when Randy quit. And I guess officially at that point, I was in charge of Chaotic Wrestling, not knowing a damn thing I was doing. Thanks for the steak. I'm out of here. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Now, uh, to be fair, he bought the steaks. He bought the steaks and beer. That's
1: what I'm saying. So, you know. That's what I'm saying. But it just seems like it was such a nice, cordial, barbecue-type atmosphere. Oh, and I then... will
2: never forget. All of us. I can tell you where I was standing in his house when he turned and he said, so you think you can book better than I can? And I will never forget my answer. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> wow. I had to. It was it was just it – was, it wasn't good. Right. Um, and again, I don't know. You may have been working with him at the time. I mean – Maybe. Th- I don't know.
1: This was all stuff above my above pay, pay grade. grade. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just simply the ring announcer. So other than the early, early times where Randy would come to my house on a Saturday night with a couple bottles of wine and, and a 12-pack of beer – uh, the beer was for me. Um, or the times I would go to his house and just like bounce ideas, you know, pad and pen. Here's what we think we should do things for the next few months. That was it. But yep. at that time, it was never, oh, well, I'm speaking as Randy. It was never, oh, I'm going to do this and I want to he, – he never led me on to think that he was going to be a focal part of any of the storylines. Right. It was more – hey, these are our championships, where do we think we're logically going with it? And Skunk O'Malley and Matt Grobowski, a.k.a. Grub, mm-hmm. holding our tag team titles was never a conversation that he and I had. So I was very much on the outskirts, kind of just doing my thing and whatever. So this is all amazing, amazing
2: information. <laughs> Some- no, it, It's crazy because, again, the goal was never to force Randy out. The goal was to have him work with us not just kind of do his own thing and and it just it turned ugly quick mm. and I was his I was the lightning rod of hate which as we continue this podcast you'll find that's a recurring theme I'm people's lightning rod of hate and mm-hmm. and I embrace it it's it's a great spot to be in mm-hmm. but to the point where I I'll, I'll tell you um literally 15 years ago right now cuz we were building our house and I remember I went into the local Starbucks in the town I live in and Randy Miller's father was there. And this was, like I said, we're now talking 15 years from now. So this was after everything had happened. I remember um, I bump into his father. And I'm like, oh, hey, Mr. Miller, how you doing? Oh, Jamie, how are you? You still doing the wrestling thing? Yep. Yeah, it's such a shame what you guys did to Randy. And I'm sitting in Starbucks like, seriously? <laughs> really? This, this is the story that's being told?
1: Subtlety is not the strong suit no, I'm like, of you the know entire what? family. Because- Whatever.
2: And then shortly after that, Randy actually moved to the Dominican Republic. I remember that because he was a teacher down there. He moved to the he sold his yes. house in Burlington. Yep. Moved to Dominican Republic. Yes. And it was at that point where I actually bought him out. Yep. We set a price. I bought him out. What year are And we Randy at? was gone?
1: What year is this now?
2: Well, it had to be what 2004 ish, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would guess 2004 is sound is feeling right to me. Okay. Sounds about right.
1: I'm. I'm trying to visualize everything in my mind. Randy wasn't around long.
2: If you really look at the timeline. No, I'm thinking it might be more 2003. It probably. Because Chaotic Training Center started in what? In 2002. Yep. Randy wasn't there long. That mm-hmm. was Mike Hollow and I that ran that for the longest. Randy really yeah. was not with Chaotic Wrestling for very long. Mm. But to the people who were around originally, it was like he just... it's crazy. Yeah. It, it, I mean, for 18
1: years, you just think about it. I mean, you've always been the constant, but I always remember when I started, Randy was like my boss. And like I said, that is no knock on you or anybody else on the staff. It was just, this was Randy's company and he had his friends, his business buddies. I always said, you know, yeah, because people locally, other independent wrestlers would be like, who, who's running that? And I would always say, it's a bunch of businessmen. Yep. That's it. They're opening business. They had some money. They wanted to open a business. They didn't open a, a, a candy store, right. a liquor shop. No. They're going to open a professional wrestling company. Right. So with that, I think we should take a little break, let people digest all this good stuff, and we'll continue because there's one guy we got to get to, and that's the one and only adult. Adult. Mark Beaudry. So- I'm Rich Paladino, it's Jamie J. Makowski We are going to take a quick break We'll be back with more ownership Of chaotic wrestling Here on Let the Chaos Begin You know the New Age Size Wrestling Show is the premier place For wrestling fans to
3: connect, discuss And to be heard But what if we told you that there's also a show For fans of all kinds to do the same That show is Late Night Liam Show hosted by myself, Liam Stryker And me, Bill Neville Join us immediately following NAI Pod every Wednesday as we dive into pop culture, sports, current events, and more. Can't listen live? No worries. Late Night Liam can be downloaded on demand exclusively on the NAI Network channel. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Podomatic, and all podcast platforms. Once again, join Late Night Liam live every Wednesday following NAI Pod When you and fans
0: of all kinds can connect, discuss, and be heard. You hear about Chaotic Wrestling's past on Let the Chaos Begin. But if you want to see its present and future, then go to Chaotic Wrestling Live. You can see all the Chaotic Wrestling action live and in person across New England. Go to chaoticwrestling.com slash tickets to see the current schedule of shows and to purchase tickets. It's all the action of Chaotic Wrestling live at chaoticwrestling.com.
1: And we are back with episode three of Let the Chaos Begin. Rich Palladino here with Jamie J. Makowski. Jamie and I were kind of trying to piece some things together during the break. We did a little bit of math, and the Randy Miller regime didn't seem—it it actually didn't last as long as we had alluded no. to before the break. It, it appears that he wasn't even around come Cold Fury 2.
2: Correct. He was. He, we talked about it on the Cold Fury episode. Randy had a big spot on that. He was there when we opened the CTC in the fall in November of two thousand one, because that's that's when I turned thirty. Mm-hmm. But looking back, he was gone by Cold Fury two. So it's funny. I think if if I asked a bunch of you how long was Randy with the company, I think a lot of people would guess around five years. Yeah, it was inside of three. Yeah. Yeah, Which without is insane. a doubt. Yeah,
1: when you think about it and when you think maybe it's 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 harder when you're looking at it from, you know, 40,000 feet because we're talking about a company that's been around for 18 years. Yeah. Um, you know, we've referenced a lot of things in this too. and you know, depending on the audience we have out there, you know, this is not how typical independent wrestling promotions are run. We talked about it earlier. It's usually a wrestler, a couple of wrestlers get together decide to run a show, decide to run a promotion, what have you. Um, so what we talked about there before the break was here we have four businessmen, well, s- sometimes five, six. We-, we went through a bunch of names yeah, more than crazy. what was on the notepad as we- as we're talking here, but this is not your typical independent wrestling promotion and neither is Chaotic Wrestling. Of course, that's chaoticwrestling.com. Follow us on Facebook what and are Twitter. Doing? Uh, well, what you know. Are you doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? God, There's still shows. Man, Hey, we got to keep packing these houses. Here we go. We're heading up to Cold Fury
2: 18, and do I get a cut of the Paladino T-shirt sales at chaotic wrestling shows now? Or um, you, you need to check the partnership. I gotta. Agreement.
1: T- I'll talk to my agent. We'll see what we oh, can do. Man,
2: I know it's 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 much different than pro- 2000 pro- 2001. Problem is, problem is, Mark Sherman's your agent. I know. I, I know how cheap that <laughs> sob is. So I know. I'm, I know. I'm getting no money out of this deal now. I love you, Mark Sherman. Who doesn't love Mark Sherman? All right, I so- can't wait for the Mark Sherman episode. I know this fall. We're doing a Mark Sherman we episode. I to. can't wait to get the shirts. When thing. you're
1: done from your sabbatical and from my sabbatical, that's right. Yes. Every summer the the Jamie J. sabbatical to Hawaii.
2: So so Rich, now we're starting to hit this time where the CTC, the KR training training center is off and running. Mm-hmm. Mike Hollow's involved. Um we have the legendary duo of Todd Fatpan Sinclair and Mucko. They are our bookers. Yes. Eric Arsenal yep. is Mucko, by the way. And they um they took over the booking for a reason which we'll cover another day. It was basically because Um, They hated what I wanted to do, and they loved the company too much, so they wanted to step in and help. So – but you've now got me, Ben, and Milo Mm -hmm. are running the show, Um, and I think Steve Kalman had had just come on board as well. Mm -hmm. And so you know, Rich, the way we had it set up – because I have a question for you – is we all had very key roles. Steve was in charge of all merchandise – because that was his background. He's a retail guy. Mm -hmm. So he would order the T-shirts, he'd he'd take care of all that, and he would run merch when we were at shows. My job was really managing the CTC relationship with Mike Hollow and overseeing the live shows. Mm -hmm. Milo was operations, so he would take care of operations and productions. He'd oversee all you guys, he'd oversee the camera guys. His job was to make sure we had a truck, (laughs) that the ring crew was there. And then Ben was really in charge of overseeing... Todd Sinclair and Mucko, Todd Sinclair and Eric. He was in charge of the bookers and the talent. So when you talk about guys like Brian Black, Handsome Johnny, what was happening was um, Pants and Eric were the ones reaching out to them, but it was Ben who was reaching out on behalf of Chaotic Wrestling to bring them in. If guys came out of the CTC, that was me and Mike Hollow,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: feeding them to, to, to Eric and Todd, if it was somebody from the outside that was Eric and Todd working with Ben Lentini. So that's how we all kind of you know split up the duties. But my big question for you is, Uh so you'd been with us, and again, Randy Miller was the guy in Chaotic Mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. What was going through the roster's minds when he walked, and all of a sudden you got the four amigos stepping in, and primarily me?
1: I don't really think that there was too much, for lack of a better word, too much chaos. I think it was just... We knew who the guys were that were running it. We knew who were the guys that were signing our checks. So I almost feel as if, and I can only, I'm, I'm going to speak for myself. When Randy walked away, it was still business as usual for me because it wasn't a company that was run by one person. So if that one person walks away, I, I had enough trust and faith in the other factors, yeah. the, other, the other folks that were running the company. I don't ever remember being on the phone with any of the guys going, oh my God, we're going to go under Randy's gone. It was just like, okay, it's going to be a different regime. Uh, I know with, uh, Todd Sinclair and Eric Arsenault, AKA pants and mucko, uh, taking over the booking. I know that that was something that I want to say half the roster was very comfortable with because they knew those gentlemen. And I think some of the chaotic originals, that were still around. Yeah. They were starting to see a little bit of the writing on the wall, a little changing of the guards because we talked about it when we when we talked about Cold Fury 1, how there was a little bit of a regime change with Yep, Hollow and the
2: Kowalski guys were coming in.
1: Yeah. And, and
2: originals were getting pushed out.
1: And we talked about the presentation, and that's and I said it before I'll say it again. It's not a knock on the talent that we had, but there's a difference if 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 you're trained by, you know, Joe, local wrestler guy from wherever, that shows. When if you're trained by a Hall of Famer like Killer Kowalski, right. the proof is in the pudding. So I do feel that the originals, they knew they were protected before. They probably saw the writing on the wall. But I more ran with, like I've said before, the Walters, Vicalos, mm-hmm. Arch Kincaids. That was like my little running crew at the time, and I knew from that their standpoint, they were. They were fine. It wasn't right. like, oh, my God. I think the oh, my God came from the other side
2: of the locker room, so to speak. And I know from my perspective, I remember I knew that I was going to have to do something to slowly you know, ingratiate myself. Because I really didn't hang out with everybody. I was friendly. Mm-hmm. I was actually friendlier with the original crew than I was the Kowalski guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember originally Mike Hollow and Randy, they were, they were buddy-buddy. They were going to take over the world together. And then when Randy left... You know, now I kind of had to slide in. And I remember what I used to do is they used to train at the CTC four days a week. It was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. I was living in Boston. I used to drive there every, for all four sessions, just to be around. I used to go out for what we used to call treats. That would be where we'd go out to, you know, for subs or the nines or something. School treats. I I I haven't been to treats in in half a decade. The
1: the UNOS, right by the the, the KSC in Methuen.
2: We would always go out for a treat after the show. I never got to go there. I used to, every now and again, I would go to the Denny. Not No, there was an IHOP. Up the street there that some of us used to go to. Um, But back in the day, we all used to have to go to Ring Crew after the shows, too. Yes. And I would always go back with Ring Crew. and That was just my way of being around a little bit more and Mm -hmm. and having people get used to having me around. And the great thing was I had Eric and Todd doing the booking and I had been kind of running a little bit of interference for me, Mm -hmm. which gave me time to, to get my arms around. The company. You know, when we talk about Ben, though, I've always gotten along with Ben. I'm still friends with Ben. Ben's in our fantasy football league. Ben is in our fantasy football. As league. As is Milo. As is Milo. I forgot. I forgot that.
1: And a guy from NXT named Tommaso Ciampa. He's. Is. Are we going to let him back in this
2: year? No. Yeah, of course, Mary. <laughs> we, we we like this is a great long running league. Uh, Brian Malonis is in the league.
1: Brian Malonus. Um, it's, like it's like a who's who.
2: It really uh, is former produ- uh, former production manager. Uh, Tom, Tom O'Gara, R.J. DeLuise. The illustrious R.J. DeLuise. So yes, there are a lot of... It's like a chaotic Hall of Fame in, in, in our fantasy football league. It really is. But, but Ben um, is
1: still a part of the but, team. But and-
2: ben, Todd, and Eric hated each other. If you ask me about... no, we said... Hate's this,
1: a strong word.
2: It, you know what? It's, it's an accurate one. Um, remember, this is when everything starts to go. We get the WWE relationship. Why? Um, I want to say Ben called Jim Ross first. We had a meeting with Jim Ross. Then Jim Ross got moved out of that position, and Tom Pritchard got put in, or Tom Pritchard reported to Jim Ross.
1: I think Dr. Tom reported to, to, to Jim Jr. Ross. I could be wrong, but but he was talent relations. Bottom
2: line, Ben Lentini got a relationship going with with. With Tom Pritchard, yep. who was in charge of talent relations. Next thing you know, he's coming and doing camps, yep, and he's on Cold Fury Four, mm-hmm. right? He was yeah.
1: guest. Uh, he was in a tag match,
2: yeah, with Chase Del Monte against <gasps> Duke Dalton, and wow,
1: yeah, um, yeah. Dalton's head is exploding somewhere
2: right now because you know, I'm embarrassed bad. that we didn't prep for this. Not, not Craig's uh, Craig Stratton. Craig Stratton. There Craig it Stratton, is. Yeah. So it is Duke Dalton and Craig Stratton. Against dr. Tom but but Ben sent set all that up Ben and I did the very first visit with Mike Hollow to WWE headquarters to meet with Dr. Tom that's how we got Ben Lentini got us mm-hmm. that decade plus long relationship with WWE yeah so I need to give credit. Randy Miller chaotic wrestling was his brainchild he got us off the ground
1: mm-hmm.
2: Ben Lentini is really the one who locked in the WWE with us and got that going. That being said, so now you've got – we are quickly building the most successful school in the Northeast.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. We're
2: starting to have some names, like Chris Nowinski would come by. Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron Stevens, I think, had gotten signed. Pat Patterson's dropping by. Oh, yes. Tom Pritchard's stopping by. We're starting to establish ourselves. All of our guys are being used as enhancement talent. Mm -hmm. So anybody looking in is thinking, wow, Chaotic's doing great. On the back end, all I did was spend my entire day and night refereeing everybody Mm -hmm. because Mike Hollow would feel one way. Ben Lentini and Todd would feel another way, and I'd have to manage that little thing. Mm -hmm. But the biggest one would always be Ben Lentini with the Bookers Mm -hmm. because justifiably, Ben, you you mentioned this earlier about how the culture changed. Mm -hmm. Ben felt that. Our champions needed to look like champions. Yes. And our champions needed to be people that WWE would sign. And there was no breaking that rule. Right.
1: But it was also a handicap match because you had Ben Lentini against two legitimate best friends in Pants and Mucko. So I'm sure from Ben's point of view, he was probably feeling outnumbered. Of course. You know, because it was basically the two bookers against he being management in Ben. Um, So I'm sure that there was tension there. And I know that you and I were talking uh, before we got started tonight about a certain someone that uh, wasn't quite deemed ready to be our champion
2: yeah. Um, the thing about Ben is if I was going to make a comparison of Ben to anybody that everybody would know, I always picture Ben as kind of like a, a an Eric Bischoff type. Mm-hmm. He kind of had that look to him, mm-hmm. kind of the longish hair. And Ben's attitude was always, great, you can bitch all you want. I'm still an owner. You're going to have to do what I say. Yeah, And that would infuriate mm-hmm. Todd and Eric because at the end of the day, and they'll still tell you this, and they are right, nine times out of ten – Or seven times out of ten. I wouldn't back them because at the end of the day, Ben's an owner. Mm -hmm. And granted, at this point in time, I technically owned more of the company than anybody else. I, at this stage, I'm majority owner of Chaotic Wrestling. But we approached it as everybody had an equal vote. And when we split the company into those responsibilities, we kind of did the thing of we'll give opinion. But at the end of the day, this part is Milo's choice. He makes the call. That part's Jamie's choice. He Mm -hmm. makes the call. This part was Ben's Ben's.
1: choice. But this is where it comes down to the difference between somebody that works in wrestling and somebody that's a businessman. Because the person we're speaking of Mm -hmm. is one half of NXT's War Raiders, a very decorated tag team in Japan. And um, our our good buddy Warbeard Hanson, uh, who at the time was Handsome Johnny. Yeah. And the plans were for uh, our good buddy, Handsome Johnny, to become New England champion, and Ben overruled it.
2: Correct. It was at Cold Fury. I want to say it was Cold Fury 4. Yep. It he, was Cold Fury 4. It yep. was Arch against, um, Arch against Handsome Johnny at yeah. Cold Fury 4 in yep. Lowell. Yep. Um, and yeah, Ben vetoed it. Right. Hard veto because Handsome, and Handsome knows this, um, he was too fat and didn't look right. And he forced them to keep it on Arch. Right. And to this day, they let me hear about it. Mm-hmm. And to this day, every major belt that Handsome Johnny or Warbeard or whatever you call himself won. Yes. Up until the day Eric passed away, mm-hmm. I believe Todd and Eric have the exact same picture of them with Handsome when he won the Chaotic title. Mm-hmm. Then with Handsome when he won a Ring of Honor title. Mm-hmm. Then with Handsome when he won the... Uh,
1: IWGP Tag Team, Tag Team Championship. Because... Every- you know, because that's the one good thing, uh, Todd Smith, who is, of course, Warbeard Hanson, the the one good thing is the biggest thing in this business that really means anything is loyalty, and Warbeard always yep. knew where he came from, so whether it was a Wednesday night show in front of 110 people up at Chunky's in Nashua, New Hampshire, as recently as 12 or 18 months ago, sure, Warbeard would be there, one half of the IWGP tag team champions, and um, and yes, those pictures would definitely be a focal point because we were all so proud of what he accomplished. And I'm not here to, you know me, my role in this show is not to really shit on anybody, but that was the wrong decision. I understand, hey, Ben's management, that's fine. That's like you saying, hey, you're not doing a 10-bell salute. No, you're not was doing it, old school was It wasn't the
2: wrong decision, though, Rich.
1: Well, look at the grand scheme
2: of things. I think Handsome did all right for himself.
1: That's what I'm saying. The wrong decision not to put the title on him.
2: I don't know that was a wrong decision at the time. I think Arch had more upside at the time. I go back. I'll say say it until the cows come home. I think Arch is one of two people that deserved to get signed and never did.
1: Honestly, at one point, I thought Arch was going to get signed as as an announcer.
2: I thought I tried to get Arch signed as Palmer Canyon. That would have been... that was that was the TV role that Brian Black Brian? ended up getting because yes. he had already been signed. They figured let's use somebody. Yeah, but I was there. I remember Tommaso, Arch and I shot Arch's um Arch's uh, audition video. Yeah, where we actually did it in one of my offices, and and we I remember shooting the whole thing. But 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 I'm not you know I I got to stand by Ben. He had what what sometimes people in the organization. This is not chaotic wrestling. This is business. What sometimes people in the organization don't realize is that perhaps there's a bigger picture and a bigger direction in place by the owners or those in power. And sometimes little things like that, they go against what you want your company to look like and be. And yeah, in hindsight, does it suck that Handsome got caught in the crossfire? Yeah, but can I sit here and look at you and say that no Ben was wrong? Oh, no, I
1: don't think and, he was. And I'm not sitting here to say, well, geez, if he had won the New England title at Cold Fury Four, he would have been signed, you know, five years sooner. I'm not saying that at all. But uh, as somebody that watched him um, in a locker room in a basement in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, as handsome Johnny Blue before his, you know, first ever match for for and just some random indie that was running in downtown Woonsocket, Rhode Island, to coming up here and having a lucky horseshoe. Todd's always had that it factor. That's, that's the only point I'm making. I'm not saying, I'm just saying, if I was on the booking committee, I would have been fighting with Eric and Todd to have Warbeard
2: no, no, no. no. You were fighting to have... Good, good job. We got me. No, you would have been fighting to have Handsome Johnny. Handsome Johnny, who at the time was not the war beard you know now. No. He wasn't even the Handsome Johnny at the end of his run. He was still out of shape. He, his gimmick was, he at that point, he was the underdog. Lucky horseshoe. Who would have beaten the, the pretty... Tanned, sculpted, Arch Kincaid, mm-hmm. and we can do an entire episode on Arch Kincaid and his tan <laughs> another day. We sure can. Okay, but at the time, I'm still not convinced Ben made the wrong decision to keep the belt off of him. When you've got WWE, look if you want me to, if you ask me, who was on WWE's radar at that time? Todd wasn't because oh. he didn't look the part. He wasn't... And at that point... He wasn't 6'2 and
1: 275 and no, chiseled.
2: No. And we had guys that were. Right. And those were the guys we wanted on posters with belts and taking pictures. It, it, it's it's a business decision. I mean, sorry, everybody. But it was a business decision. And I don't think it was a wrong one. You know, the other one that a, a lot of people don't remember, you probably do, is we used to hot shot titles back then to whoever we knew got signed. So guys would leave as our champion. Remember, we knew Brian Black was signed. Yep. And we got the heavyweight title over to him, I think, off of Maverick Wild, maybe. I believe so.
1: I'd have to go Because
2: to books. we knew we wanted to announce he was leaving mm-hmm. and that he was the champion all in one little time period. Yes. Brian Black had no business being the chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion at that point in time. The storylines weren't there for it. He wasn't good enough in the ring to be it. But the fact was we knew he had a contract, so we put a strap on him.
1: And very good. Brian Black won the heavyweight title from Maverick Wild. Saying you
2: people think I don't remember anything.
1: March the 18th, 2005, which these days, that would be a cold fury date. Usually mid-March would be a... Uh... I don't think it was. No, no, no. I'm saying 2005, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, it might have still actually been colder for cold fury in 05, but... Um... Damn global warming. <laughs> exactly, exactly.
2: See, so we were famous for that stuff. We were doing all kinds of stuff.
1: Mercedes left as women's champion, didn't she? Yes, she did. There you go.
2: Yep, she left as women's champion. We had a bunch of champions leave because that's what we would do. We'd get belts over to them just in time for them to get signed away from us. And also, Rich, it was somewhere in here where there are two things started happening. Um, I had been putting some money into the company. I was putting the most time in. I took more equity. And all of a sudden, those scales tipped for me. Where now all of a sudden, you know what? I've done more. I've put in more. I'm not playing this little game of one man, one vote anymore. Mm -hmm. My vote holds more weight. Mm -hmm. And I think this is probably right around the time where you guys on the roster started to realize who's in charge.
1: What did I call you for 17 and a half years?
2: Boss. Boss. You still call me Boss. You call me, hey, Boss. Hey, Boss. Um, And you know, in terms of the other owners at this point, um, with the exception of Adult, and I think we'll, we'll talk about Adult, we'll kind of wrap up today talking about adult and this will just be the big adult love fest. Of course. But in terms of like Steve, Ben, Milo at this point, the, the best thing I can give everybody, like I remember the ignition point of when Randy left. I remember when Adult and I left, it was together at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, we turned out we turned out the proverbial lights on our on our era. Mm-hmm. The other ones, the best example I can give is it's kind of like the end of the sand lot. When you see them all playing ball and one by one they all just kind of fade away. Yeah. That's kind of what happened. Like, Ben moved to New York.
1: It wasn't like, oh, we're going to have this in-ring celebration, and it was just, no, this chapter's done, moving on. It's kind of like I said earlier, it was still business as usual, because at the end of the day, it's the ideas
2: and the performance that make the show what it is. So, um, And even at the end, they are still technically on the tax returns. (laughs) That's something different Chaotic Wrestling did, too. We paid taxes. We filed taxes. We incorporated craziness. I know that that's insane.
1: Unheard of uh, between and, the years of 2000. And And
2: we should have talked about the beginning. You know, that was the other thing that, you know, Randy and I and we all said was because we all had real jobs and real careers, we purposely incorporated to protect ourselves. Mm. You know, when you have guys like Vertebreaker and Mayhem in the ring, you know, you're just when the first time I see them, they're punching holes in walls. I don't want people coming after me and my money. Right. So we incorporated. And we we had layers upon layers. I mean, I don't know if you even know this. We're talking about ownership. Chaotic Training Center. I think I was like four four levels deep of corporation on ownership of that. Oh, wow. Because I owned a part of Chaotic. Chaotic owned part of Chaotic Entertainment Group. Chaotic Entertainment Group was who was partners with somebody else, with Mike Hollow, mm-hmm. to form the Chaotic Training Center. Right. So you had to go through four levels of legal. <laughs> to get to chaotic wrestling ownership with the CTC, as
1: a guy that's worked for excuse me every independent company in new england nobody else was doing these things insurance binders maybe maybe but as far as um you know everything
2: how'd you always get paid in chaotic wrestling rich
1: by check absolutely and then i was part of the dirty dozen
2: that's right. <clears throat> but yeah, we we paid people by check, so we would have things like bank records. Mm-hmm. You know, we accepted credit cards very early on.
1: I never filed a tax return for my wrestling business until I started working for Chaotic because we, you yeah. have to earn x number of dollars. I was being paid by check, so speaking just hypothetically, yeah. if I made $2,000 in a year working for Chaotic Wrestling, you guys documented,
2: right? <laughs> we would we would file it that we paid you that money. We would we would ten ninety nine you, right? We'd send you your ten ninety nine at the end of every year.
1: Yep, that's that, and that's the dirty dozen that I speak of, folks. Yeah. Because there were a handful of us that made I think it's over one thousand five hundred ninety nine dollars. That no,
2: it's it's actually six hundred dollars.
1: Oh, Oh, six hundred. Okay, six hundred. Okay. Six hundred. All right. I thought it was sixteen hundred. Nope, if you make 600,
2: a... if you make six hundred dollars or more. You get a ten ninety nine.
1: There it is. So that's thus the dirty dozen, but I would take that two thousand dollars that I earned and then go through every mile I drove, every time the oh, tuxedo yeah. went to the cleaners. Try and show as much. And this is a lesson for you, young wrestlers out there, because I used to. I actually educated Arch Kincaid on this. I remember uh, you saying that about the mileage and about your expenses. I mean, for me, I could, I could expense. Um, DVDs and publications because that was research for my job. Mm-hmm. So I would always do that to show some kind of a loss so I wouldn't get killed by Uncle Sam as badly as as, as I could. And I still do it to this day. So um, that was the big difference. I was working for a real company for a job that I actually really yeah. enjoy. Yeah. So it's uh and still do. It's very it's 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 different. It's not your typical indie. We spoke earlier and I don't mean to go off um fine. off the topic here. I think a lot of times too we talk about things on the air and I should probably talk to you about this off the air but a booking sheet. Yes. I mean, for those not in the know. <laughs> I mean, I can't tell you how many locker rooms I've walked into and said promoters like Okay, yeah. Uh, you two are gonna wrestle. You two and put it on a piece of paper, and it goes on the wall. Whereas uh, a booking sheet is basically our format for the show, right? Of which match and who's out first, so that the person running the music, so it's n- there's never a mess up there. Right. That's it.
2: It was all these little things. It's who's out first. It's who's winning. It's how long the match is gonna be. It's anything yeah. else happening. It, it's it's yep. for lack of a better word, it's our script. Yeah. It's our script and our rundown.
1: Yep. And I broke in with the Boston bad boy, Tony Rumble, who ran a very professional show. He didn't email out a booking sheet we knew where we were going with everything. Sure. There was something that was posted on the wall. It wasn't just haphazard. Oh, well, we've got 14 guys in the room. I guess we could have, uh, six matches and, uh, uh you two can be manager. It wasn't like that at all. It was, so it was, and that's, that was the biggest difference when I started with chaotic was getting that booking sheet and actually knowing what was going on, you
2: know, it was and, great. And that was another Randy Miller thing. You know, I spent the first 30 minutes of this show bashing him. Um, And that's because I just remember how it all ended. If you look at a lot of the stuff that we laid out and how the foundation that was laid down, a lot of that came from Randy. Randy was the one who started doing the booking sheets, and we kept that format for probably fifteen of my eighteen years. That format never changed. Right. Um, You know, as as dumb as it sounds, I, I can I could still if you said to me, Jamie, hop on a computer and do a booking sheet right now, I would still use you know it's. It's winner gets underlined. I remember what (laughs) colors you use, which font. I mean, I remember all of it. Yep. And that was all Randy Miller. You know, Randy Miller, he was the one who went on um, Nessun's Ringmasters, Ringmasters. the the pro wrestling in New England TV show. And we hadn't run a show. And Randy Miller got this camera crew to follow us for our first two months Mm -hmm. and make us look like we were the biggest promotion in New England. Randy was a salesman. Mm-hmm. And he was a very successful one in, in pharmaceuticals. Randy could sell, you know, as the old saying goes, Randy <laughs> could sell ice to an Eskimo. Right. I don't know if that's politically correct, if you can say Eskimo anymore, but Randy could, right? Mm-hmm. You know, R- Randy could could sell a pair of pants to a, to a legless man. It's just Randy was a great salesman. Mm-hmm. And when you think about the, the things he pulled off early on, you know, Randy's one who got us into venues that other people were running. Mm-hmm. Because Randy would go in there and sell them on. Hey, you don't want to be a part of Sheldon's group anymore. You want to get in better us. Look at how good we're going to be. And Randy would sell them on it. Yeah. Randy, with the assistant of the brawler, he sold and he got us that Boston Harley sponsorship. Mm-hmm. He got us local bazooka. He got us on Ringmasters. He got us sponsors. He he got us a lot because he was such an amazing sales guy. Mm-hmm. It was when he shifted gears and changed tracks that the trouble started, but all that stuff that we just talked about from incorporating to booking sheets to setting our schedule a year in advance. Oh, yeah. Right? And we- to this day, I still have
1: promoters in New England that reach out to me usually the end of the calendar year say, do you have the chaotic dates? We don't want to run the same night, whether it be just out of respect or out of the fact that we may share some talent. It, it And it's still to that, that's that way to this day. Whereas I know usually come October, November of this year, I'm going to have all my dates for 2019, yep. so to speak. But that was the difference because, you, and you hit the nail on the head, um, you know, I work in sales right now. That booking sheet to me is the same way I would put an agenda together when I'm on a sales right. call. You know, it, it. and it was very much, it was, it was that business aspect in independent wrestling that Set us apart from everybody else. And I dare say everybody's doing it now. Yep. But guess where it came from? It came from us. There it is.
2: And you know, um, like I said, we're just, otherwise it was like the end of the sand lot. You know, one person <laughs> went and started mini balls, another one disappeared. And what I want to do is I want to take one quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to wrap up the show. The Love Fest. And we're fest. going to talk about the Love Fest. It's going to be everybody, you know, I, I know at the end I was like, if, if, if Chaotic Wrestling had two parents. <laughs> I was the rule. I was like the mom. I was and not. I don't mean that in a loving, warm way.
1: No, you mean good cop, bad cop. You were.
2: I. I was the rule maker. I was disciplinarian. I was the guy who went to punish people. I was one who sent you to your room. Bad cop. But then we have everybody's favorite, the dad of chaotic wrestling, Adult Mark, who we'll talk about when we come back on. Let the chaos begin right here on the NAI Pop Network.
0: Are you a wrestling fan, but you've always wanted to get in the ring? Do you want to follow in the footsteps of superstars like Donovan Dijak and Flip Gordon? Then check out the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. At the NEPWA, you can live your wrestling dreams and train the best pro wrestling school in the Northeast. Check out NEProwrestling.com for information on joining and about their upcoming fantasy camp. It's NEProwrestling.com. Start your pro wrestling dreams today. My name is Jason Maltop. I am Liam Strager, And I'm Bill Neville. And live every Wednesday night on NewAgeInsiders.com and the Mixler app, we're taking topics and thousands of fan perspectives and bringing them to your airwaves. And don't forget, we'll be live and taking
3: your calls before
0: and after every single WWE
3: pay-per-view that we do not attend. But wait, there's more. You can also subscribe to our Patreon page by visiting Patreon.com and searching for New Age Insiders. And with plans starting at just $2 a month, there's an affordable option
0: for everyone. Monday Rewards, Tuesday Rewards, Exclusive Pay-per-view rewards exclusive shows. Why wouldn't you become a Patreon? And we will see you Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. We out
2: the heart is a blue. And welcome back. You are listening to Let the Chaos Begin right here on the NAI Pop Network. I'm Jamie J. McCuskey. I'm There's joined no by three, three, three-time Hall of Famer, Rich Palladino. And in uh, Rich, you know, we've talked about all the owners in Chaotic Wrestling. Once again, we've talked about me. We've talked about Milo, Ben, John, Matt, Randy, even Steve. But we've left one out. have f- one left.
1: My favorite.
2: Everybody, <laughs> yeah, damn you. Everybody's favorite. Make no mistake. I understand. Yes, you have to. That as a once he came on board. Yes. I was never anybody's favorite owner.
1: Yes, and he's probably if we well, let's just say it, Mark Baudry aka Adult. We always refer to Adult. And should we who
2: actually gave him that name? Milo Masterson did.
1: <laughs> yes, because there was Did we already tell this story? There was a young f- wrestler named Mark. Yep. And then there was our Mark Beaudry, yep. who – and Milo had yelled, hey, Mark, no, not you, adult Mark.
2: Right. And that's – that's He was adult Mark. He yes. said, from now on, your mini Mark, you're adult Mark. Right. And that's how we got the mighty mini, Mark born, and that's how we got adult.
1: And w- when we uh, – I think before our second break, um, I had texted adult yeah. and said, hey, when did you actually become – uh, part owner of Chaotic Wrestling, and he hadn't got back to us until literally as we were just coming out of this break right yep. here, January of 2007. I wow. I would have thought earlier than that. But no, that's still 11 years. He was there for still. For but I feel 60% like I've, of it.
2: I've, I, because, uh, all right, let's face it. But he was with the company longer. He started with the company back around Cold Fury 1, believe it or not, Cold Fury 1 or 2, helping out, setting up as part of Ring Crew. He was always around. Then the Sandlot years happened where owners started to fade off um, into the background, and that's when I approached adult and said, hey, why don't you come on board as an owner? Got it. Um, I mean, adults... I knew I knew him. Adult, big claims to fame. Um, Rich, I, I'm going to ask you, this is, like, this is like, I, you know, I, I do For the Pops on the alternate Fridays with Scotty Slade, and my, the high point of those shows are when I do the, at the end of each episode, I do the... For the Pops Pop Quiz. Of course. And so that's why I keep asking you pop-up questions. Yes. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. What was the thing that had the biggest impact on Chaotic Wrestling's history that is 100% responsible by adult Mark? He did one thing. He found us one thing that literally changed the course of Chaotic Wrestling forever
1: other than perfecting the Cobra Twist, the no, abdominal not, stretch—not
2: the abdominal stretch—it is probably the—it is probably the thing that is most identified with chaotic wrestling over our 18-year history, and it, it came to be because of adult.
1: This is terrible because I. This is why we need to talk, talk about this shit before we start going no. on here. You ready? Yep.
2: The low PAV.
1: Oh, I almost said Lowell Spinners because no. I know he and his dad got the season tickets. He, he was
2: responsible for the spinners too. Yep, yep. But adult was responsible for finding us our home venue for the uh, a decade the and a
1: half memories
2: of the PAV. of the Lowell PAV. Oh. and if you want to talk about a, a building, you know, and Rich, this is you. You're you're the wrestling historian. I don't know crap about wrestling. <laughs> um, but if you want to talk about a building that I think belongs. On that list of legendary buildings of people who set foot in there, mm-hmm. if you remember, Tommaso Warbeard, Kofi, Sasha Banks, <laughs> Kofi, Dijak. Fred, Dijack, D- uh, D- Finn Balor, mm-hmm. Austin Aries, Sean Bennett, Sean Bennett, Danny E, God Dar- All these people wrestled for us mm-hmm. in the Lowell PAV. Yes, and do you remember the first show we ever ran there?
1: The thing I remember about the first show is like Cold Fury 3. Cold Fury 3 is correct. And if you look at that building now and think about what Cold Fury has become, you'd be like, how the hell did you run a Cold Fury there?
2: <laughs> it's called Ignoring Fire Codes, Rich.
1: <laughs> um, and I do remember, did we have a battle royal at Cold Fury 3?
2: We probably did. Yeah, we All used to. All I
1: remember, this was my favorite thing, was Chase Del Monte when he first started. Yeah. I, th- I first met him, I'm pretty sure, at the PAV. And he didn't quite have a name. Uh-huh. And he was in a battle royal. And you know me with my notebook. Hey, what's your, kid? What's your name, where are you from, whatever. And he was, He. I, I, I don't think it's any secret that his real name is Kevin. Right. And he had this big fro, like yep. this big yep. afro, big hair. And I introduced him to the ring. I, I think Duke's sure, or maybe pants put me up to it. Ladies and gentlemen, your next entrant. Welcome back, Kevin Cotter, as right. in welcome back Cotter. So you can that play amazing. that music right there, All right? And um, that—that's one of my first memories of the PAV. But just it's just such a wrestling building, and it fits my my biggest pet peeve. You didn't have to have a shitty studio ring in there because no. you had those big, high cathedral ceilings, and
2: and the great thing about adult finding that building is on those bad nights when we had seventy-five people in there, it still felt full. Yeah. And on the one night when we pushed 300 (laughs) at a Cold Fury, we're first time ever. And again, I've got to tell you the story of what Adult did on this. We didn't have a building for Cold Fury 3. We had a Knights of Columbus in Tewksbury that didn't have a high ceiling. We couldn't fit in there. Mm -hmm. I had no backup plan. This is where I'm not very good. Like I'm not real good at sometimes accepting something's not going to happen and coming up. with. So I remember I was at the CTC one night. An Adult calls me, and he said... Where are you? I'm at the CTC. He said, "I may have a building for us." <laughs> he came and he picked me up. He drives me to Lowell. Another promotion was running there.
1: A-W-E, uh, a W E or something. It was yeah. Was an a. I think it was A W E like awe like, aw, like a, yeah. uh, uh something wrestling entertainment. And or something. we
2: we took two key things from A W E. We took the P A V and we took Matt and Brian Logan because that's where they were working.
1: And. Why do I feel like RJ had a little, had some kind of. Did role? he? I don't know if maybe he was just there with the Logans maybe, or something, but yeah. But we, yeah, we took the Logans. But the Lowell
2: PAV, it stands for the Polish American Veterans Club. Yes. And so Adult and I went down there, and I remember he was friends with somebody who was a member there. So they introduced, and now we got to meet with in all these places. For those of you who don't know, Elks, PAVs, Knights, you always have the version of the Grand Puba <laughs> that you got to go meet with. And they never like you as a wrestling promoter. They don't want not. you in there. They've all had a bad experience, whatever. Yep. So we go in there, and I remember Adult introduces me to the guy, and I don't know what made it click in my head, but I made sure to introduce myself as, hi, I'm Jamie Jamitkowski. <laughs> I banged out with the Polish last name. And we're sitting there, and I can remember the conversation. And the guy, he's he's kind of... You know, well, you know, I don't know about this. And, you know, usually I had to reserve the space for members. And all of a sudden, I remember adult looks at me and he goes, hey, Jamie, isn't your dad a veteran? And my father served in Vietnam. I'm like, well, yeah, my father served in Vietnam. And the guy looks at me and I will never get the guy who says, well, will he become a member? And I said, yes, he will. <laughs> and two days, so I call my father. And again, I joke about me being wealthy and, and all of that. Um, then there's my father who's just multiply that by a lot and (laughs) you got dad and I remember calling dad I'm like dad I need a favor I need you to join the Polish American Veterans Club in Lowell and my father was from he grew up lower middle class from Lawrence Massachusetts um, knows Lowell all that so he says uh, "All right, how much is this going to cost me Mm -hmm. and I said uh, well you got to pay the annual annual membership fee he goes how much ten dollars Oh, my God. So the story goes, like, while my father lived here before he retired to Hawaii, once a year, he and I would drive together to the Lowell PAV on, like, a random Thursday. He'd renew his membership, and I'd buy him a beer at the Lowell PAV bar.
1: Membership has its privileges. That is all
2: because of Adult. Wow. You hit the nail on the head, Adult got us the Lowell Spinners. Yeah. He was the one who arranged that. Yep. And I have to say, Chaotic Wrestling would not have made it those 18 years Mm -hmm. had Adult not hung around.
1: No, because he's—first he, of all, I've, I've never met anybody that had so much passion for wrestling as myself. We often joke and say that we're uh, twin brothers from separate mothers because our affinities for the business, the history of the business, uh, are collectibles, I dare say. It, it's it's uncanny, like, that we were—we sep- we feel as if we were separated at birth. Right. So it's like any time that I— It Just any time, even outside of a chaotic show, it's just always such a pleasure hanging out with
2: somebody you have so much in common with. But I think it's safe to say for you and everybody on the roster, Rich, um, safe to say that I was everybody's boss, Mm -hmm. Adult is everybody's friend.
1: He is, except for maybe 10 minutes before we're opening doors. That's when we would always say that Adult is on suicide watch, because he he soup to nights, soup to nuts. Putting up the chairs, making sure that the tickets were at the table, making sure that the reserve tickets were there, making sure entryway. that the hot dogs were on the roller, the entryway, the, the video screen. Yeah. It was all of that. That was his baby. And yeah. if it wasn't right, or if the guys were in the ring warming up before doors open, you would hear, ten minutes till door and you knew that you know, and that's where yeah. that's the only time that he would become bad cop. But that was a very integral part of every show.
2: He basically did all the stuff I couldn't or didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. He really took a lot of the grunt work of chaotic wrestling, mm-hmm. but never complained. And like I said, you're right. Aside from that one little, the, the time period right before the shows, he's like the most happy-go-lucky guy. You know, mm-hmm. I know Aunt Ag call or excuse me, Ilya calls him Dad. Yep, Adult is famous for dad jokes. Yes, right. I know you and you and Adult and some of you guys, you go on road trips together?
1: The, honestly, uh, yeah, we did it for a couple of years. We would go out to Albany, go to the NXT show, uh, being blessed to work in Chaotic and have so many people that move from Chaotic up to NXT. We always had our hookups. And um, whether it be a Sean Bennett or a Tommaso Ciampa, Adult and I would meet. We would drive three hours to Albany, meet up with R.J. DeLuise. One year we met up with Sledge, who's actually a neighbor right. of R.J.'s. And the four of us went to an NXT show out in Albany and then crashed, stayed at a hotel, hanging out with everybody on the roster and just, it's just, it was like our once a year thing. And in fact, we were literally just texting probably this two days ago that we're long overdue. Um, for a road trip because NXT changed their schedule. It used to be a nice Saturday night show mm-hmm. in Albany, so we're going to plan something, whether it be a convention with some shows or something. I, I, I'd like to go to Chicago for All In. Did yeah. we get invited yet? By the way, to, to be a part of of Starcast and the All In production there at at um, you're looking at me like you don't even know what I'm talking about. No, you so far we're you're, removed... you're talking about
2: like Podcast Row, right? Like with the Insiders and all of them. Yes,
1: yeah. How do we get? Is our invitation come in the mail yet? I mean oh. this is our third episode. We must be invited Starcast. Well no, in Chicago. I mean
2: I got an email offering did I want passes for the show and I said no I'm going to be traveling so we didn't need them. I'm uh, sorry. I'm, I'm away. Is was this I'm before be... I
1: joined the 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 family? Here? Yeah,
2: you need to talk to your you need to talk to Sherman again. <sighs> you need to work on your your perks and benefits
1: part. Damn it, Sherman. All right, but back to Adult. Just uh one of the greatest guys yeah. you know that I've ever had the pleasure of hanging out with. And I'm, I don't have any need to yeah. kiss his ass? The way I no. don't have to kiss yours right. anymore. Oh, don't get it's carried <laughs> away now. Come on. <laughs> it's just uh, unless we're going to Chicago, I still, um, I still get peoples. You, you, of course you do. But yeah, and it's it's been uh, it's been a weird six months, obviously without you there, but without adult there, you know, doing yeah. what uh, everything that he does, and he has not been to a show. I was surprised. He didn't come to Cole Fury.
2: I have no doubt that he is probably his presence is probably more missed than mine. No <laughs> doubt, I will tell you. I mean, the two things I'll tell you is, as we wrap up. You know, when it came time to for me to leave counter wrestling, I knew my time was done. Um, when I when I talked to Fury and the new ownership group, the f- I want to say the first bullet point on my agreement was, um, if Adult wants to stay, you must give him his existing ownership percentage at zero cost. Mm-hmm. That that would have been a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I met with Adult, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I've carved this out for you if you're interested. And he said, no, I'm done too. Mm. And I still think that... And, and that was actually a huge relief because Adult's actually one of my best friends in real life. And I was nervous that he was going to be mad at me for, for leaving. Yep. He wasn't. He was relieved. He made me buy him dinner. But, um, <laughs> but I, I have to finish with, I think the most telling thing of how much adult was liked. I mean, he's not dead, by the way. He, adult's fine. He's oh, just yeah. napping. Yes. Uh, of how much of how loved he is is right around the time we were finishing up. It was also his 50th birthday. Mm. And Adult is a belt junkie. Mm-hmm. He loves the belts. I mean, ask anybody in of wrestling about Adult and the belts. Mm-hmm. He's insane when it comes to yes. to caring for them and and that's why all of our belts lasted so long is cuz Adult treated them like they were his kids. And so I got the idea for his 50th. Um I'm going to get him an actual Chaotic Wrestling belt. I called the belt maker, mm-hmm. said, hey, I need, I need a second one made. Uh, there's actually one in the corner of my office that you can see, Rich. Yes, I paid for is. my own because yes. just because. I chipped
1: in for adults. I
2: reached out to the roster, and I said, hey, I'm buying this for adult for his birthday. Who wants to go in on it? Yeah. And what didn't surprise me were the current guys who did it. Mm-hmm. But I will go on record and say, Handsome Johnny was the first one to respond back and say, I'll pay for the whole thing if I have to because adult means that much to me. Wow. Um, Tommaso, Kofi, Dijak, all the guys who had been around and, are, and have made it now mm. were among the first to say to me, yes, let me know what you need. Yeah. Uh, Matt Bennett, another one. And that's just a testament for how liked and loved adult is yep. by all you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's me.
1: And then there's you.
2: And then there's me. And then there's you. But that's okay.
1: If we ever go back to Littleton, New Hampshire... We might need a guy to do the hot dogs.
2: You Thank can you. Sign that- me up. Sign yeah. me up. I'll I'll be that- there for you. Me me and my master's degree. That's it. But I think Rich, we've we've spent the time. We've run the gamut on chaotic wrestling ownership. Now, ironically, everybody, I, more than likely, Rich, you're going to be back in two weeks. Yes. I may not be. You may, you not. may have a guest host that guest host that week, and we're going to do a special episode, um, because I'm I'm going on vacation mm-hmm. and I'm going to miss an episode, but then I should be back two episodes from now if we can figure out the technology I should be back and we'll be back with more uh, more Let the Chaos Begin sounds good so again you've been listening to episode 3 of Let the Chaos Begin right here on the NAI Pop Network we'll see you all in a couple of
1: weeks Aloha